Hey, so what is going on, everyone? It is me, Mr. Mario. And Dope's Wonder. And how are you doing, Daniel? I'm doing fantastic. I am very excited that you, at my very short notice, were able to get you know in front of the computer within an hour, ready to rock and roll for this episode. Oh, no worries. And I'm also very excited because we are recording this episode, albeit a bit late. And also, we have a bit better of a recording setup going on now. Yeah, thanks to uh, Mr. Mario's discovery, oh. we basically have both a new tool to record and a new tool to actually communicate with each other. <laughs> well, well, thank you very much. For anybody wondering, we were using Skype up until this point. And I know Skype is kind of archaic now, but it was convenient and all that. But I've been having little issues with Skype here and there. And like after the last episode, we did Mod Chat Plus episode five and we had an issue with the recording. And at that point, I'm just like, fuck it. Fuck it, I am finding a new program to talk on right now. There has to be something that's better and sounds nicer, and there has to be a better way to record. So hopefully, it's not going to be perfect, because we're actually using Discord, which is an alpha right now. But I'm hoping what you all will hear will be better than what you all normally hear. Yeah, we're, we're, we're just trying to, you know, up our quality game, that's all. Exactly, exactly. Of course, we're not going to sound like Gucci Mane in the studio by any, like, by any short means, but we'll still sound a bit better than, you know, being in a trash can. Exactly, we're trying to up our Oscar the Grouch game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, uh, right now, um, also, I was, well, shit, I forgot what I was, you know what, let me, no, I remember now, uh, not a good start to this, but, but keeping it casual here uh we were going to do this episode earlier and we we're actually going to have a guest on the show unfortunately they got very very sick and uh like two out not two hours but like 12 hours before we were supposed to record and uh it didn't really happen unfortunately so yeah which kind of sucks. Yeah, kind of sucks. That's why we did Mod Chat Plus, because essentially Daniel and I sat for about hour, hour and a half. We were talking like we normally do. <laughs> and I mean, hey, if you're listening, I don't want to out him, but if you're listening, dude, no worries. I under- I've been sick. Daniel's been sick. Like, we understand. And it was short notice. Like, I get it, man. I get it. I'm still recovering off of bronchitis right now. But pretty much what happened was like we sat there and I was like, well... Danny, you have free time? And he said, yeah. And I was like, okay, let's uh, let's do Mod Chat Plus. So there we go. We got a bonus episode this month. Yeah, which is nice because, again, we don't really do those nearly as often as, you know, we could. Exactly. But um, it's always fun when we do get to them. It is. It is. And uh, with that, I guess we could go ahead and segue into the actual Mod Chat episode, which is episode 15. We've been doing this for 15 months straight. It's a long time, dude. I remember when we just started off the idea when it was December and we said, hey, like, let's uh, let's start this thing out in January, you know, which was, was it, over a year ago now. Was it November or December? Because I thought it was like November. and It we, might have been November. I think yeah, we tossed have. around the idea and I was like, okay, I want to do this, but let's start it in January. We'll have a fresh start 2015, baby. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, so uh, thank you all very much for, you know, the support and everything. That's definitely kept us going as well, too. And also doing one episode per month instead of one episode a week or every two weeks has kept us sane. But for episode yeah. 15, Dana, what are we talking about? We are going to be discussing custom firmware. Yes, we are. Just uh, how it has enriched our lives. Like, so- sometimes literally, too. Like, I'm not even kidding on that. Like, how it's enriched our lives and how we think it has been great and everything. And we've talked about, you know, fully unlocking your systems through modding and everything on Mod Chat here before. But it was kind of one of those things I just kind of thought of it on the spot a few weeks ago. I was like, custom firmware, that would make a good episode. Because, Daniel, there's been, like, you can test this. There's been so many damn things that you and I have collectively flashed with custom firmware. Oh, yeah, I've got two sitting right next to me, so I know exactly. Uh, yeah, definitely. Custom firmware is awesome, and it is 
I mean, definitely one of, if not the best feature that you get from unlocking your system completely is the custom firmware and the additional features that mm-hmm. it allows you to basically, uh, you know, have on your device. Mm-hmm. Now, what are the two systems you have in front of, beside you or the two devices that you have that you mentioned? Okay, well, first off, we've got my 3D printer, which um, I did a video on basically how to flash it from its stock firmware to its custom firmware, which I now, um, I did a complete board swap, so it's on another custom firmware, which is even more custom than the original firmware. (laughs) Um, And I also have my, uh, as you know, my my Canon Rebel T3i, which has, I believe it's called Green Lantern, which is a custom firmware that basically overrides the uh, stock camera firmware, which just adds a plethora of features that Canon should have included. Um, and a lot of the stuff is like additional features that are fantastic for uh, video recording, which which are extremely useful. And that's a thing I don't understand as well, too, because like most of the time, you know, there's been times, yes, I flash custom firmware just to do it. But there's other times I look at these custom firmwares and I'm like, why the hell was this not a feature that was included in stock? Especially if the device is able to support it. Honestly, the only thing I can think of, like with my two devices specifically, I know that um, with the printer, it was definitely a, a money, uh, them trying to make more money thing because uh, basically with the printer, you had to use their proprietary uh, filament cartridges, which is like the material used to print. They had like a uh, basically a uh, little security check thing in the cartridge, and the printer wouldn't run until. It basically said, "Okay, hey, you know, um, I'm good, or I'm, I'm, you know, this is this is the right filament cartridge." And then once your filament ran out, it would also tell it like it kept tabs of how much plastic was being extruded, so that way when it was done, you couldn't just pop the chip back in or keep it in. So that was just strictly like a we want to make money thing. And then also to be honest with you, with Canon, I kind of feel like it was a money thing too, where like the Rebel T3i was supposed to be kind of like a like an entry level to mid DSLR camera. And if you wanted all these crazy, you know, more high-end video features, they wanted you to go and spend, you know, an extra four or five, six hundred bucks to get one of their cameras that are more uh, video friendly. Because I mean, honestly, the two, like there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of features that this firmware adds to the camera. But the two primary ones that I use is um, the ability to make time lapses, which is awesome for 3D printing. And also, um, just for um, my mic, it adds a little sound bar, so that way when I'm talking, I can see and make sure that my mic is actually working correctly and that the audio is hitting like the correct uh, you know decibels it needs to be at. Because there was times before where I was having issues with one of my mics where sometimes it would turn on and turn off, and I had no idea till after my recording when I found out that the whole thing was muted and useless. But now, because I have that sound bar, I can see right away whether I'm getting correct audio or not, which is to me an awesome feature. It's something that should just be there, you know? Yeah, and I was actually going to ask, like, how has that worked on that custom firmware? Because there are some features where I use them. I'm like, okay, yeah, this isn't supposed to be there. Like, for example, like playing a pirated game or something like that on a system or anything else. That's like, okay, this feels kind of beta. But, like, those two, do they feel like features that would just naturally be in the camera stock firmware if you didn't know about it? Dude, it's flawless. Okay. It's so good. I've had no bugs, no issues. Um... The only thing is, like, sometimes um, I'll have to turn off my camera. Like, if I turn it on, sometimes it won't boot up. I'll have to just flip the switch off, flip it back on, and it'll boot up fine. But once the camera's on and rock and rolling, dude, it's there. And, like, um, you literally hit the uh, trash can or or delete button on the camera, and that opens up the whole interface, um, which contains, like, eight menus with, like, 20 sub-menus. It's fucking crazy, dude. I mean, it's insane the amount of features that that this... uh, 
it's nothing new. I mean, it's been around for so long and they've had tons of time to add features and, and such. And I'm pretty sure that they're still constantly updating it. But I mean, yeah, it's 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 phenomenal, man. It's definitely um, gone through enough stages and developers to where like it's 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 solid. It's definitely not an alpha or beta or anything like that. Well, what I love about it, too, is I mean, you're not going to see it on game systems. I feel like any time. Well, we did. We did kind of see it on the PlayStation 3 where we were able to run Linux on there. But still, you're on the Sony firmware. But what I love is that now you're even seeing more devices come out that like, for example, there's phones. I can think like the, the one plus one that was notoriously known for using Synergen mod on there, which is a essentially homebrewed version of Android that is thrown onto a bunch of devices. And I haven't used Synergen mod in a while because I actually shocking here, even though it's slightly modified, I do like stock Android, like pure vanilla Android. But mm-hmm. the thing I'm trying to say here with, um, with Synergen mod is that that's normally the go-to custom firmware or custom ROM for many people who wants to wipe their ROM on their phone. Like I remember it was just a few years ago when people got a new phone or something, or like, for example, like Galaxy S3, Galaxy S4, they're like, oh yeah, you know, I, this thing annoys me. I don't like TouchWiz. I'm just going to install Synergen mod on there and we'll be good to go. Uh, but then also, I don't know if you've messed with it, but uh, DDWRT or Tomato or any of those open source custom firmwares, have you used them on routers before? No. The past, first off, they're awesome. If you can ever flash a router with custom firmware, I'd highly recommend it. I use DDWRT whenever I can. But the nice thing is with that is that you are also seeing, uh, first off, you see a ton of compatibility with it. So there's a ton of routers out there that use DDWRT. And if you have one that's not compatible, you have a really weird router or it's way too new on the market. But you're also now seeing brand new routers ship out that advertise their DDWRT ready or have it pre-flashed on there. And this has been a thing for the past few years. So essentially these makers are now saying, well, this free firmware is better than what we make. So let's pre-flash it on. Or, hey, we know that you're probably going to hack up this device right here. Here you go. You can go ahead and flash custom firmware to it. Like, make it easier to do. Exactly. Which, I mean, it's already easy enough. Most of the time, honestly, you just go into your settings, and then you drag and drop the bin file, upload it onto the router, and then it flashes in about five minutes. What exactly does that give you that, like, a stock router wouldn't give you in terms of settings? Uh, it First off, it gives you an extra layer of protection because um, a lot of these stock firmwares for routers, especially, like, you know, mid-grade or lower-tier ones, uh, they're not updated as often, and because of that, they might have other security loopholes that are available and have not and probably will not be patched on there. Uh, so you're going to stay up to date with that at least. You'll have a more stable experience sometimes, or depending, sometimes you might have a less stable experience. I had that on one of my routers, but it was just, it's kind of like your camera. Like, my router had a known issue where if it had custom firmware, sometimes if you plugged it in, it wouldn't turn on. So you just unplugged it and plugged it back in again, and it worked. Okay, so nothing like crazy though. Yeah, but aside from that though, like some other things would be, you know, having uh, VPN access on there if the stock firmware didn't have it already, Um, having more features available, being able to overclock the router as well too, or I guess run it at a higher frequency. So uh, a friend and I, he'd actually, this is the first time I ever messed with custom firmware, uh, he had a Chromecast, and his Chromecast could barely run in his bedroom. So he asked me, like, he was just like, Danny, I've been looking this up all day. Have you heard of custom firmware? And I was like, yes, I have. And he's like, can you help me? I was like, yes, yes, you don't even have to finish it. I will help you flash <laughs> it. And uh, essentially, we spent about an hour or so, you know, network troubleshooting, flashing it over, diagnosing everything. And we were able to overclock his router. I know I'm not saying the proper term here, but essentially 
run it at a higher frequency than originally intended and take it up to a point where it was still able to run stable, but he was able to get near flawless or later on when he took it up even higher, flawless video streaming in his bedroom that he did not get before, and all we had to do was find the file online, flash it over, and then adjust the settings accordingly. That's awesome. It is, yeah. And then, That's like, really cool. Yeah, even the last thing as well, too, I've done this as well before, but I've used routers as kind of, you know, like, sw like fancy switches in a way as well, and you normally can't use a router as just a straight-up switch or a repeater or anything like that. Like, if you want to, if you're sticking on stock, you normally have to buy a router, and then you have to buy a repeater, but you could take router and flash DDWRT to it, so you have a reconfigured switch or a reconfigured whatever like a reconfigure repeater if you want that wow yeah that's crazy i i recently saw something actually um so i was looking into streaming and like on twitch i've been for some reason lately having like just terrible quality where like it's unplayable like my games are having um because i'm playing like mostly counter-strike my ping is just way too high and then i get a lot of buffering and stuff like that and so i was like wondering like what the fuck and so when i was doing some googling and stuff like that basically on different things i that's when i just basically saw like a little um uh topic or post basically talking about flashing the router but i've never looked into it but that's funny that you brought it up right now because i didn't really realize that it was that known or that common or big of a thing really mm -hmm. uh the nice thing is well too, funny enough this past uh summer i had gotten a decent router <coughs> excuse me i got a decent router and I end up flashing it with custom firmware. I put DDWRT on there, of course. But I actually used it to put more restrictions on myself, ironically enough. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, like what I did. See, I, I had a sleeping issue uh, for a bit that summer. And it was kind of affecting me work-wise sometimes as well, too. So what I did was I had a... I flashed custom firmware. And then I was able to blacklist pretty much all of my devices except for like two of them. So I whitelisted a few. And I said on there, okay... If it is a weeknight, if it is essentially like Sunday through Thursday at 1030, these devices get disconnected off the Internet. <laughs> so I fun. so I had to use custom firmware to put more restrictions on myself. And I told some coworkers, they're like, that is crazy. Why would you do that? And I was like, dude, I have to get to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could see it, dude. Like, honestly, there's a lot of times where I should be in bed and, like, instead I'm just, like, I go from my computer watching stuff to, like, my TV watching stuff and then my phone watching stuff. And it's like, man, I need to just, like, disconnect myself from the interweb, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what I, I did, mean, I think I had, um, I think I blacklisted everything. I don't remember what I whitelisted. There was something I whitelisted. I don't remember what exactly it was. No, I think it was my laptop. That was it because sometimes I had to use it later at night. But aside from that, no, my, my game systems, my desktop, everything else, once 1030 hit, they would get that internet block and it would come back online at like 630 a.m. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Well, I mean, <laughs> hell, like that's that's like, you know, if you need that, then good. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes that's a good thing to, like, kind of put yourself in, like, putting yourself in check, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know? Thankfully, I don't need that now because there's been there's been other things that have been fun. I swear I'm not taking pills or anything like that. Like, I'm good. <laughs> but um, just, just some personal development and all that, I think, has helped out and everything. So, I don't need that. But... I think I might have, if there's any parents listening, I might have given them some ideas because I remember actually in high school, there was a friend of mine who uh, he was not doing very well in school. And the main issue was he would stay up until about two or three in the morning, hanging out on Skype and World of Warcraft with his friends. So his dad ended up putting a lock on the uh, on the router, which would blacklist his devices at like 11 at night. And he would not remove it until his grades went up. Yes. Yeah. 
It is. My dad would my dad would rip out the router, like physically take the router and hide it somewhere in the house. <laughs> and then and, uh, and then knowing actually then then what you could do, I'm just thinking you could probably just buy another one online. Well, I was gonna do that originally, but I ended up finding his stash spot and so I would as soon as he'd leave, I'd make sure like I'd look out the window till his car was down the block and then I would uh I would go to the spot, take it, hook it up, play my games, but then one time he came back early, dude, and saw me playing and I was like, Fuck and so he started throwing it in the trunk of his car when he went to work. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, dude. They had me on such lockdown back in the day. And then then I ended up doing what you said and basically bought another router that I had that was my own router. <laughs> mm-hmm. I gotcha. Yeah. I there's re- a will, there's a way. You yeah. Know? I remember uh there was one time, like one of the few times in my life I was ever grounded this when I was younger. Uh see, my laptop I was using at the time was so old that my parents had this advantage, but they took away the internet from me. And my laptop was old enough that it did not have Wi-Fi built into it. It actually used one of those like PCI cards you slot into the side of the of oh, yeah. the laptop. Super old technology. Uh, but my dad just uh, pressed the eject button on there and took the network card with him, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, first off, I know what I did, and I deserve it. And second, yeah, um, there's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you need, that's a pretty crucial piece of hardware. Exactly. Yeah, this is at the time, like, at, I think, yeah, no, I didn't have any other internet-capable devices. So, like, this is a while ago. Yeah, I don't – well, how far back was that when they had those? I mean, that's, like, what, early 2000s or – Early 2000s. See, this was in, I want to say, 2004, 2005 maybe, but I was also using a laptop that was about three or four years old. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so, I mean, that's why, you know, I was using a laptop that was from 2001, so it didn't have Wi-Fi built into it. People take this shit for granted, man. Yeah, it didn't used to be a, a, a standard, or it yeah. didn't used to be, like, a given, you know? Yep, yep. <sighs> Unbelievable. Yeah, <that's>... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Feeling old on that. Shit. No, I, I was going to say, another thing that actually brought about this uh, conversation, this thought as well, too, was, um, first off, you know, shout out, I just want to say, shout out to the, the on Reddit, the 3DS hack subreddit. I fucking love that place, man. If, if you're on there, you might see me on there sometimes, because I actually enjoy that community there. But, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, what's happened recently is, you know, with the 3DS, like, it's completely exploitable now and everything, and at the time we record this... 10.8 might be out, there might be new firmware out, but 10.7 is the current firmware out, which is still fully downgradable, and if you don't want to downgrade, you could use Homebrew on there, and one nice thing is, through Homebrew, and also through custom firmware, uh, you can install, if you have custom firmware, you could install patches that will allow you on the new 3DS to utilize it to its full potential when playing games. And the nice thing with that is, for anyone that doesn't know, the new 3DS compared to the old 3DS has um, just better specs and a better clock speed and everything. And that actually makes games run smoother because essentially you are just telling that game, hey, run at the full speed uh, that uh, that the system can handle. Now, you would think by default the games would like there'd be some protocol in the system's firm or anything that would say, oh, okay, I'm just going to make up numbers here but let's say the old 3ds is running at like 600 megahertz the cpu is at there right now you would think that if the game is running on there like the firmware would say okay uh this is the old 3ds our cap is 600 megahertz so we're not going above that but if you put it in a new 3ds you think the firmware might be smart enough where it would say oh hey this goes up to 800 megahertz so we'll run the game at 800 and we'll be good to go unfortunately that does not work for every game because sometimes with overclocking and all that stuff you will have those issues. 
But there are some games, like one notorious one, I have not tried it, but I've read quite a bit about it, uh, Snake Eater, like Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater on the 3DS, a lot of people hated that port because on the old 3DS, they said there were frame drops, it ran like shit, there was such poor performance, but if you max out the CPU speed and run it on the new 3DS, people say it runs flawlessly. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I had no idea at all that, uh, well, I did know that the new 3DS had different specs, but I had no idea that they, um, had come out with through homebrew, like, uh, patches that'll actually allow you to unlock the full potential of it mm -hmm. in terms it's... of like, you know, maxing out the hardware. <laughs> Essentially the way it works is it kind of just installs itself as a update for the game itself. So if the update has, um, if, if there's an update available for the game, somebody could just take the actual like CIA update and then modify that. Or if the game doesn't have an update, you can just, you know, like modify the game data or, you know, a patch or anything like that. So there's a few ways you could do. You could either, as I said, install it through a patch or you can run your games through Hans, which is through the homebrew loader on there. And you can increase the clock speed if you want. Well, I would imagine though, at the same time, you do have to be careful because with overclocking, um, I mean, obviously there's a limit you know for hardware set you know to, to be like within safe boundaries or safe perimeters and so like i mean obviously if you stay below the max but i'm sure that like if you pushed it too far you could potentially damage your hardware that is true the thing is though this is not overclocking this is just taking it to the maximum allocated cpu speed that the uh the 3ds has got you so yeah. it's it, okay 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 i get what you're saying so yeah. but if you were to go using those numbers you use like if 800 was the cap and you were to push it to let's say 900 <coughs> then you definitely have a chance that something could go wrong exactly and i'm sure you can do it there's nothing that's available for that yet but i remember even on the psp um the highest it could go was 333 megahertz now by default uh, it stayed at 222 megahertz and there were some games that selectively went up to that 333 but through custom firmware, you could actually change it up. So, for example, like on my PSP, the last time I used it, I just set the uh, in-home, like the, uh, not the in-home, but the uh, the in-game speed to 333, and I set the menu speed to 333, so that way my PSP was running at the highest speed all the time. And you're within that boundary, so you're not, you're not going to kill your system. The only thing you're going to do is wear down your battery a bit faster. And by that, I mean just like your battery is the charge is not going to last as long because you're using more power, which makes sense. Yeah, more electricity. Cool, because when you overclock, isn't it like really just pushing more electricity through it in a sense? When you're overclocking? Yeah. Um, I would say that would probably make sense because also sometimes I've overclocked my CPU on my computer, for example, but I didn't overvolt it, so it's still at the regular voltage. But I know sometimes uh -huh. in order to clock properly, like you could overclock, but you might get, you know, crashing and all that stuff. People also say you have to overvolt it a little bit. Yeah, well, because I mean... I know that obviously it's not just like pushing more electricity through it because it obviously does more than that. But I believe it does when you overclock does force more electricity through it, which is why it creates more heat, which is why you have to basically with PCs, especially um, make sure you implement adequate cooling to keep it from, um, you know, reaching unsafe temperatures uh, where it could potentially damage, you know, something in the CPU. Exactly. We need more power, man. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, as long as, but yeah, as long as like with the 3DS, what you're saying though, um, you know, it's not even an overclock. It's just using the CPU. I wonder. That's strange to me. If they had no intention of doing that, why would they even change up the CPU? You know, and make mm -hmm. it where it could push out more? Because it's like um, with newer game, I could see like for the older games that were already out, maybe perhaps. Even though if you're saying right now that even <coughs> the older games can 
can run at 800 or, you know, again, using those numbers. Not yeah, I don't know the exact different. numbers. I just, I yeah. threw those out people for anybody yells at me. It's like, I threw those out as examples. That's yeah, the key just, here. Definitely. We, we don't have the exact like data sheet <laughs> of what exactly the CPU can push out. But you know, if that were the case, um, you know, but I, I was about to say that it would make sense in the older games that they couldn't, but the newer maybe would have dual. But if you're saying that even the older games could run it higher with a patch, then that means that Nintendo obviously would have the capability to do that if they wanted to. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And as I said, there is some compatibility issues sometimes, but even with that, it's iffy. Like from what I know, I think Ocarina of Time, I want to say that's the game. Um, that one, I haven't experimented with it too much, at least because I haven't played it extensively on the 3DS, but I know that has been experimented with clocking and all that stuff. And from what I know, if you clock it, like overclock it, or, you know, increase the clock speed is what I should say through Hans, which is the homebrew loader, uh, like the homebrew loader application, people have said that there are sound issues and all that. But if you use the patch on there, you still get that extra CPU boost, but it plays flawlessly. There's no sound issues. Huh. So with that, it's just compatibility, which makes sense because this is all still custom firmware. It's not official stuff. Like, granted, if Nintendo did allow this, they would probably want to perfect it and everything. But with other stuff as well, too, like, for example, like this example I put out, you know, you're using a custom firmware on there using a homebrew written program. It's not going to be perfect. Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 quite rare to have something that's homebrew run 100% policy all the time. Usually there's like little hiccups here and there. I mean, some of the stuff, if it's really supported by the community and the devs, like there'll be enough patches if they have enough time to kind of perfect it. But a lot of the stuff usually does have like certain little hiccups here and there. <coughs> mm -hmm. At I, least I feel like that's the case. Yeah, no, I, I can agree with that. Like there's also, uh, was it the PSP for anyone that doesn't know, I was huge into the PSP scene, absolutely loved it. And uh, one major benefit of using custom firmware on there was before the Pandora's battery or anything like that came out was having a recovery menu. Essentially, what would happen if you installed a custom firmware, the first thing it would flash over was a recovery menu. And that was really useful because if your PSP ever soft bricked or you messed up a file or anything like that and it was still recoverable, what you could do is hold down the right trigger on the PSP and turn it on and it would boot into recovery mode and then you had to put a firmware file in a specific place on your memory stick but you would just say on the recovery menu okay load up this recovery file and you could reflash your system huh so like a, just like a safety safety check then yeah and the reason why it doesn't sound super impressive now but the reason why that was a big deal to me and to many others is because that was there was no recovery menu or anything like that that was implemented in a Sony console until the PlayStation 3. The PlayStation 3, the PlayStation 4, the Vita have that. The PSP had that through custom firmware, but never ever through official firmware. Well, I will say that like there's times where custom, I believe strongly that custom firmware, um, honestly, the official company does look at the custom firmware. Oh, and absolutely you know, implements those later on down the line mm -hmm. or, or at least, at least like takes into consideration. I mean, even I'm even talking like with um, like, so, so with a side thing, when it comes to like gaming, like PC gaming, you know how many times like a custom patch or custom mod has been created and then the actual official company <laughs> will come out with a standalone. Like um, even, I don't know if you saw, but like Ark, um, uh, the survival, like it's like a dinosaur game or whatever. Um, survival instinct. I, I don't, I know what you're talking about, well, but I don't know the exact name. There's a game called Ark, and it's basically like where you spawn. I, I never played it, but I looked into it for a while. And you basically spawn on like an island, and it's kind of like 
I mean, similar to like Minecraft in a sense or Rust or any of those kind of like where you're crafting and surviving style games, but you're in like a prehistoric uh, dinosaur, you know, time or land or whatever. Well, Ark just just launched. It's on Steam right now. I'm looking at it. It's called Ark Survival of the Fittest. And it's basically a um, sim- similar to like like a Hunger Games uh, style setup where you spawn with like, I think it's 24 other players on an island. You have like 30 minutes to craft weapons and basically kill each other off and stuff like that. But from what I saw, that actually started off as just a like a hacker, a mod that that somebody had created that people were using. Well, the company like saw that it was doing so well. From what I from what I understand, that they actually created a standalone version of it and made it free to play. While the, like the core game actually cost money still, but they made that a free to play, so you can play the survival of the fittest like free. You know, again, but again, this was not something that was originally planned on by the devs. It was just something that the community custom made that they said, hell, like this is so popular. Let's let's just make this a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Black Mesa was like that as well, too, where it was a recreation of Half-Life. And essentially Valve came out and said, yo, we love this. We think it's awesome. We will support it as long as you don't sell it because it is a mod. So it went through and I have not played the standalone, but just recently it did so well, like the past year or two, uh, that they made a whole standalone version of it for like 10 bucks. And the same thing happened with DayZ, where that was originally running on Arma 2. And yeah. was H was DayZ, I think was the mod. What, what was H1Z1? I can't remember what exactly that was, if that started out as a mod or not. Uh, I think it was h H1Z1 was, wasn't that definitely a mod? I think that was also Arma, was it not? I don't know, to be honest. I really don't, because I, I know that was another zombie game that was like DayZ, but I'm like, was that a mod? I don't remember. Well, let me see. Okay, so H1Z1 just survived. Well, now they just launched another H1Z1 called King of the Hill. Yeah. Um, let me see. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not, let me see. H1Z1... <clears throat> Another thing I was going to say as well, too, while you're looking that up, um, was also, this is kind of getting off the custom firmware a little bit, but uh, with patches and all that we had talked about, or, you know, like updates, developments that you had spoken on, uh, one other thing was, what was the game? Oh, Batman Arkham Knight. Excellent game. I really enjoyed it. But the PC version, we know it was ported in like five or six weeks by a team of 12 people, and it ran really poorly. It had missing textures. Yeah, no, people said it was absolutely horrible. I never played on PC, even though I had access to it at one point. But what I'm trying to say here is it was completely horrible. What ended up happening was within the first few weeks of the game coming out, the homebrewing community and the modding community had made enough patches to have the game running stable and working at 60 frames per second. And then a few months later, not even a few months, I think it was like six or eight months later, the game was finally playable. And there's one person I know, and he's like, Dude, this patch came out way too late. I've already 100% of the game twice with nothing but mods. <laughs> yeah, I, I personally was one of the people that experienced that. I, When I bought my 970, um, there was like two <laughs> games to choose from, and I picked up Batman because it looked so fucking good, and everyone had hyped it up. Dude, it like, was it was a very... I played on PS4. It was excellent. Yeah, I heard, I heard it was amazing, man. And I, I personally, like, um, I know that there were certain people that were able to play it somewhat, but like the majority of graphics cards were not working correctly. Um, with my 970, I was able to play it, I think, on high settings. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't too buggy. I got an occasional, like, twitch. Um, however, every, like, hour or so, um, it would crash. The game would crash. But then the funny thing is, too, you know that was actually a placebo effect because they didn't have any textures in the game that were higher than medium. Yeah, I don't know, man. That was just, that that really like 
that, that pissed me off. Well, they did, at least the company in that sense did right, though. They, from what I saw, they refunded every single person. They, If you wanted a refund, yes, you could have. Yeah, if, if you wanted a refund, exactly. So at least, like, to me, like, that is the best thing they could have done because they know that they fucked up. Mm-hmm. But no, the, that, the, the reason why I mentioned the medium thing is because a lot of people, they did, like, benchmarks and all that of, like, very high and ultra settings and all that. And it looked like shit, and everyone said that. And then people looked into the game files and found out there's no there's no textures here that are higher than medium. When you run it at, at high or ultra, there's still medium textures. Do you think that was, again, them just trying to hurry up and get the game out? That's why they didn't have time to do the high and ultra Absolutely. texture Absolutely. And, and my proof of that is they took a AAA game and gave it to a team of 12 people to port in less than a month and a half. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> Hey, who, who, what was the uh, dev company behind it? It was a big team. Uh, I want to say it was Rocksteady that had done it again, but they had a third party team who ported it on PC. Okay. Like, dude, I, I would say this. A lot of people said the PC version ran like, I know we're going on this tangent for a while. I know a lot of people said the PC version ran like shit and I will acknowledge it, but it's a lot like the ET effect. ET was not a good game, but it is a technical marvel at the fact that they were able to crank out something like that and have it be as playable as it was within such a short amount of time with such a small staff. You're talking about like ET on the NES? No, ET on the uh, 2600. Oh, E.T., okay. That was designed by one person who did not see the movie who had about two months to program it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I, that's, that's crazy. That's the first time I've ever heard that story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You've oh. heard the story about the landfill, right? Full of NES uh, E.T. games? Uh, Atari. Oh, Atari. Yeah, you're right. Okay, that's yep. what I'm talking about. Yeah, yep. sorry. I, I, I covered that yeah. story a few okay. years ago. Yeah, that was, uh, okay. that was great. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, what if car, what if the Atari had custom firmware? Yeah, <laughs> there wasn't anything on that thing to customize. <laughs> yeah, that's when games were like done all through the chips and everything. Like, yeah, there was actually there wasn't like a UI was there at all? No, there wasn't. Oh it no, just, you hit the not at all, not at all. the The cool thing is though, if you see now those uh, Atari flashback systems and everything, uh, if you ever take one apart, they actually open source it where they have a pinout and everything, so you can like openly mod it. So if you want to, you could kind of do a custom firmware type thing or make your own Atari if you really want. Pretty awesome. Yeah, those things. I will say, like being a collector, I like the new stuff, but those are those are cool just for people that want to be able to play them. They don't want to have to like, go out and hunt them down or. I, I don't know. There's definitely pluses, and some of them can't they output at higher resolutions than like what the stock console could? Uh oh yeah oh yeah, absolutely that's they can right yeah yes that's what I thought. absolutely um yeah. no a, another thing I was gonna mention you know about the whole um custom firmware things I'm kind of trying to bring it back to this but yeah. uh just recently I've been uh, dabbling a bit more with the PS1 because for anyone that doesn't know it's my one of my all-time favorite systems not probably not my all-time one but one of my all-time favorite systems and uh what happened with that was i ended up i've been talking with uh there was somebody on twitter who uh we were talking back and forth and then they helped me out quite a bit because like this stuff was actually going over my head a little bit like i was looking at it, i'm like what the hell do i flash what do i do with this blah 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 and on the older fat ps1s there were um there was a parallel port on the back and this parallel po port was known for two things. It was known for game sharks, and it was known for playing pirated games or copied games, whatever it was, because you could either buy a game shark and then swap, or you can get, you know, a essentially a removal mod chip and pop it back in there when they still sold them. With one of the later revisions, I had this growing up, but it was like the 9000 series of the PlayStation, so it took them like eight or nine revisions to finally fix this up. 
they removed that parallel port because they didn't want people cheating or easily copying games and all that stuff. So what ended up happening was in the past few years, there's been some developments where you can now actually, because that, from what I know, it actually just directly goes into the PlayStation 1's BIOS. So, Dana, you know how you, like, you start up a PlayStation, it has, like, the super cool logo and everything, it just has, like, the best sound ever starting up? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I absolutely love it. I messed with this uh, a few nights ago. And essentially what you can do is you can now use a few programs. So there's actually a disc that I had burned off and you can take that and you use a program called XFlash on there that's already available. And you can take any, like almost any of those uh, parallel uh, port, I guess, chips right there, I guess you can call it. Like I have a Game Shark I played around with. I put it in there. I was able to flash a custom firmware to that. And then when you turn off the system and turn it back on, if you have it in the back, there's a blue menu that comes up and it has a bunch of options available. So now you can actually develop directly onto the system, program it because it has a little programming port or a parallel port on the back that you can use for programming and debugging if you want to. So you now mm -hmm. have a limited type of dev kit from a retail system. But also on top of that, then you can play, you know, copied games without swapping all that other stuff. But granted, that was also done through custom firmware on a system that's like 20 years old and i think that when i see stuff like that i think that's just fucking awesome we're like two decades later this thing comes out and i'm like this is absolutely amazing i would have killed for this when the system was still popular you saying this is actually a new, new thing uh the past like i want to say it's no more than like two years old maybe i could be wrong though i could be wrong i don't have the like the form post or anything like that in front of me but um same similar thing happened with the Sega Saturn and like chip, not chips, uh, removable cards on there, which I've covered. I, I've seen, I've seen with the Sega Saturn, I know that they have like the uh, action replay. Mm -hmm. And that thing right there, that's pretty much just an open door because the action replay literally hooks right into the system and goes into the BIOS and everything like that. So yeah. it's, it's almost like attacking the bootloader to put it like, in, <laughs> you know, badass dude. Yeah. In, in newer terms, so to Super speak. Super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, just stuff like that. That's the stuff I find fascinating as well, too. The only downside with this is it's, especially with like game systems and all that, it's hard to have a, it's great to see custom firmware bring old stuff to life. Like, for example, we talked about, you know, like reclocking things, like bringing out more features on routers and all that. Um, some other things as well, too. Not so much a custom firmware, but more custom operating system. Uh, Daniel, have you heard of Cloud Ready? No. Cloud Ready is, uh, if you haven't heard of that, I'm sure you've heard of like, well, I know you've messed with Chromebooks like Chromium or Chrome OS, right? Yeah, yeah. Cloud Ready is essentially a kind of one size fits all USB install. And what you can do with that is it is designed for older junky laptops that are seriously like 10, 15 years old and they can barely run Windows or anything. What you can do is you can install Cloud Ready in there, which is a heavily modified and kind of dumbed down, slimmed down version of Chromium, which it's already slimmed down already, but point being is it's supposed to breathe new life into these really old laptops that can barely run Windows. So essentially you have a open browser right there that is safe and secure and it's free and it doesn't matter and you're good to go on all that. So it's basically the whole OS though, again, is is not really on the hard drive. I mean, on the actual local drive. You do install it on the local drive, but as you know, like with Chromium, the whole OS is really just Chrome. Browser-based. Yeah. Yeah. Which, okay. which is absolutely per and I've recommended it for people. I've, I actually installed it on my brother's old laptops that can barely handle Windows, and it works great on there. And it is for it's great for kids who mostly what they do, like ninety nine percent of what younger kids do on uh, on a computer is do stuff through Chrome. 
And it's also great for elderly people as well too, because most of what they are probably going to do is check email. But also if you have a junky laptop that you paid $5 for and you don't know what to do with it, CloudReady makes it usable. Awesome. Because again, though, like, I mean, if you even look at uh, like my Chromebook, the specs are nothing, dude. What are the specs on yours? Uh, well, I right now I couldn't <coughs> even tell you. I, I was upgraded because I when I dual booted it or whatever, I like upgraded it for no reason. I think to like eight gigs of RAM and like a two hundred gig SSD or something like that, dude. It's like <laughs> it was it was like super upgraded. But I think that by default, I want to say two gigs of RAM and I want to say only like an eight gig hard drive and I want to say the CPU is like a Pentium basically, mm-hmm. which that's already like that's pretty much what you would buy with a chromebook that is what you would expect yeah unless you get like um the pixel like they have like one called the pixel that i think has like pretty solid specs but it's like a thousand bucks dude i don't understand that like, also, why that's an android tablet as well too i believe oh, okay yeah because i was gonna say like for me like i spent i want to say 200 bucks on my chromebook and I, I don't really use it much anymore i actually i need to reinstall the os because when you turn it on right now it says error because i <laughs> didn't install um I, you know, messed around with it and basically made it so it dual boots into uh, Linux and it got all like screwed up from me swapping hard drives again. So I have to reinstall it. But I mean, I I can honestly say that I've had, I've owned a MacBook, I've owned laptops or 500 bucks or 600 bucks or 300 bucks, like, you know, all kind of like mid range. And this, this $200 Chromebook has lasted me longer than any of those. And it still runs flawlessly because again, it doesn't have anything really locally except for that Chrome you know, OS, which is so just so light, you know, mm-hmm. that's why like I when I was trying to explain this to my parents and they thought it was amazing, but they didn't understand it at first. And I said, OK, you know, when you open up Chrome, what can you do on there? They're like, oh, you can browse websites. I'm like, OK, take Chrome. And that is your entire operating system. Like your whole operating system is Google Chrome. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, which, as I said, it's great if you need a simplistic thing or anything like that, especially since, like, the issue that we've had as well, too, is I don't want my brothers, you know, misclicking and going to a bunch of other random websites and installing adware on a computer that my parents use that might have sensitive documents or anything like that. So, therefore, I took old two compute, like, two laptops that I gave them that they don't use anymore because they barely worked. I installed CloudReady on them, and I said, here, this is Chromium OS. It's CloudReady. I don't, and it's using Chrome, so it's secure. You guys aren't going to do anything super malicious. I'm not even worried about viruses. If it gets a virus somehow, which I'll be mind blown if it does, we can nuke it. It doesn't matter. And I didn't pay any money for this. Have fun. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Gotta love quick, it. Hey, quick, quick, quick question for you. Am I, am, I, am I cutting in and out at all on your side? A tiny bit. Okay, because in yours, it's, like, it's getting pretty bad. Okay, it might be uh, just talking for a while on here, possibly. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just wanted to know whether your end, hopefully, hopefully one of our ends will be at least doable. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I was going to say something about what you're talking about, the Chrome thing. Um, oh, yeah, well, yeah, one thing I like, too, though, about Chrome is the fact that, I mean, you've got your Google Docs, which is also you can save it as like a Word X document, which makes it so you can swap it right over to Word or vice versa. I go from Word to Google Docs, you know. Exactly. That's also what I brought up uh, with people that I've told about CloudReady too as well too, because they're like, well, what if I have to use Word or anything like that? I'm like, you will never get Word on here, but you have Google Docs because to use this, you need a Google account and Google Docs is free, which is just as good as, um, uh, what is it, as the whole Word suite. Well, not Word suite, the whole Office suite. So you get yeah. to go on that. And if you ever have to export anything, you can save it as a Docker Docx. 
yeah, it's awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm a huge, huge supporter of of the Chrome OS, man. It's fantastic. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Now, for stuff like what you and I would do on a daily basis, probably not going to be the best thing. But as I said, for somebody who only wants to internet browse and do things through Chrome, it's perfect. And with plugins, there's so many other things you could do. Like there's like games that are plugins now. Yeah, it's well, it's definitely like it's not a workhorse by any means. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, yeah, it's not. It's it's a really really light thing. But again, for for me, like being a student, it's fantastic. Just for finalizing things, like oh, you know, you got Wi-Fi. I think you can get them with uh, um, data, you know, data cards or like SIM cards or something like that, right? I, I believe. Uh, I'm sure you're able to, and even if not, you could just yeah, you know, set I mean, up a hotspot or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, there's one way or another, but I mean, even for me, it's like I got Wi-Fi at the house. I've got Wi-Fi at on campus everywhere. So it's like for me, it's perfect. If I need to just do some browsing for school or finish a document or something like that, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, actually sure. uh, one person I'd watched. Uh, he had made a video, not specifically about the Chromebook or anything, but he'd made like, you know, like a life update video. And he said something along the lines of, I got a Chromebook because I work at a data center and it's nice. It's sleek. It's fast. Plus, if a server goes down, I need to access a computer to mess with it in about 15, 20 seconds. And the Chromebook can do that. Yeah. It bo- it bo- I mean, the thing, since it's got no OS, really, it boots up stupid quick, dude. Mm-hmm. I think I made a video comparing it to actually a um, tablet and just saying, like, it's, you know, it's amazing in terms of, like, speed that it boots up. And, and it just fucking works, man, because there's nothing to it. Exactly. Yeah. No, God, I, I, I love the stuff they do. I love the future. I love technology, man. It's so great. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. For sure, man. Yeah. Anyways, I think we're going to have to add more than a custom firmware to this. It might have to be like a custom firmware and either like custom operating system or like custom firmware and patch, like custom firmware, custom patches episode or something like that. Yeah, to customize everything. Yeah. <laughs> Unlock the full potential of your device. But uh, yeah. yeah, one last thing I was kind of going to talk about too was um, with this, when it comes to, you know, like locked systems and all that, because um, we talked about, you know, bringing uh, things and new features or storing and all that stuff with, I know, uh, game systems. Most of the time when it comes to custom firmware, piracy kind of comes in. That's why a lot of people are kind of iffy with it and such. Because even with, uh, for example, the homebrew launcher, when Smia had designed that, he had made it. So this is a homebrew launcher. It's not going to uh, let you play ROMs or anything like that. And to my knowledge, it does not let you play ROMs. That's when you have to use a custom firmware or you need to use a flashcard or anything like that. But I don't think Homebrew Launcher itself does, still to my knowledge. And even back when, uh, who was it, Geohot ended up releasing all the private keys and all the stuff for the PlayStation 3, he had released his own custom firmware and he said, I've made sure, you know, this custom firmware, it's locked down. Uh, yes, you can do extra stuff with it, but it can't let you play pirated games. But he put the source out there in the private keys, so he didn't do it, but he made the tools available that people who were knowledgeable enough were able to make their own dongles and custom firmwares and all that stuff that would let you play those games. And that's where a lot of companies will not support these things. Because even with the uh, the 3D printer, you said, it's awesome that you've been able to make your 3D printer so much better, but that's mm-hmm. also money loss that the company is not going to make, which I don't yeah. support that because like I do support, for example, like game development and all that music, movies, I support that stuff. But with a scumbag move like that, where you said, if I remember correctly, the stock firmware wasn't even good to begin with, and it had all the no, restrictions on there. Crappy. Yeah, that's where I don't support it. Yeah. No, it, it was extremely buggy, man. Basically, it made you use 
their software on the computer side too, which there was no reason for making you have to use their software on the computer side, which was like really lacking in features. Um, when it came to slicing 3D objects, there was times where it would crash on me, like in just in terms of um, settings to customize your prints and basically choose your choose your options. It just lacking, dude. Like it, it, it was bad. It was really bad. And like honestly, I know that. This, the thing is, this company, the printers, when they dropped them, they were cheap in comparison to what else was out there. Like, I I think I got mine, I think, on sale for, like, 4 to 450 which, again, at the, at the time, that was really cheap. And um, the reason, I think the reason why that they thought they could do that was because they'd be making their money back from selling their cartridges. But just, just a poor, poor decision on marketing strategy, man. Like, when they're cartridges, I think I was paying, like, 30 bucks for... 0.6 of a kilogram of, of the material when and it was again just there's limited colors limited types of plastics and um now i pay for a full kilogram like maybe 20 bucks man so exactly. i mean you're you're saving a shitload of money mm-hmm. and with stuff like that that's what i love to see even like i've seen just ev- everything get flashed with stuff even like car steers and all that get flashed with custom firmware if we can handle it better that's awesome yeah it's yep. badass dude mm-hmm and, like, my thing is, I don't know, I'm a strong believer of, like, again, with the whole, like, router thing, too. It's, like, if you buy the router, you've already paid for your initial money. Let let me do what I want with my hardware after I purchased it from you. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. Now, granted, yeah. then sometimes it comes into things. It's like, whoa, that's illegal. That violates FCC. That's going to be piracy, whatever it is. But still, like, with what you're talking about, where it's, like, with your printer, it's, like, dude, let me. There, There's no reason why I can't use this other ink. Or not ink, but. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, I don't. I don't have filament. Whatever. Yeah. I, I don't. What you mean. I don't have. I. I. Daniel. I have a two D printer. <laughs> I don't have a three D <laughs> printer. <laughs> wow, man! Fucking living in the Stone Ages. I know. <laughs> I know. I know, man. I. I, I have to get a three D printer so I can print off my paper now. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> can you do that? By the way, I know this is going off topic. Can you do that? Print off of your paper. Print paper with a three D printer. Oh. No, I mean because it's plastic. Still, I mean, I thought I'd ask. Uh, no, I mean you get out like a flat square, but like that'd be such a waste. Dude. <laughs> it's be no point. It's not the point of it or the waste of it. It's can you do it? Nah, dude. Nah, there's no way to print like full blown paper, man. <laughs> okay, well there if, goes if my. If there ever is, I'll. Yeah, if there ever is, I will be sure to print you out some paper and send it your way. Please do. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Anyways, I think we're kind of winding down with this episode. So, Dana, you have anything else to say about uh, custom patches, custom operating systems, custom firmware, anything like that? Not, not particularly, man. Just uh, I, I've talked about it before, like I think in videos, but I just I love it. I'm a huge supporter of it. Um, again, I, it's sad that piracy has to be a part of it. But again, I mean, that's just the way that it is. Even on non-custom firmware, there's piracy, you know what I'm saying? Like with, you know, computers and stuff like that. Um, But for me, like, I'm just a huge fan of people that actually take things and make them better in like an innovative way. Like again, with my camera, with my printer, um, even with like, you know, the Xbox 360, like dash launch type stuff like that, all that or not was dash launch or no, it's the um... Uh, dash launch was the little plug in. You're thinking of like a freestyle dash. Freestyle Dash, that's the one, yeah. Freestyle, yeah. Freestyle Dash or anything like that, like, it's just, it's it's badass. It adds features. Like, I like being able to see my weather directly from my dashboard and, you know, just stuff like that, man. It's it's just, it's really, it's really awesome and yeah. it's really cool. And I thought that was, like, the best thing. 
dude, it was so dope. Like, why isn't that a feature already by now, man? Like, exactly. just because I play video games doesn't mean I won't go outside and need to know what the <laughs> fuck the weather is. Yeah, you know, like, I'm just, I don't know, man. Like, that was just something like, like, holy shit, like, someone did the weather? How fucking cool is that? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, man. That was yeah, actually no, just when you were talking about like the adding the features and like, you know how custom companies look at like these custom firmwares and all that's actually one thing I was going to mention as well. Um, I had made a, which I'm not going to go into the major details on this, but I had made a video a while ago talking about, uh, Bill Gates actually was amazed at what the, uh, custom firmware and hacking and modding community did with the original Xbox. And somebody had made a point in the article that I was talking about, and they had said, you know, a lot of this stuff, because what is the original Xbox? It's a game system that you can play DVDs on occasionally and play audio CDs. When you hack it up and modify it and everything, you could put XBMC on there. So you can turn it into a straight-up emulation machine, media center, and all that other stuff. What did the Xbox 360 have later on? It turned into a game system media center that had many things that the Xbox, like the original Xbox had, granted in a closed source environment, but still, it had a lot of those stuff, those things that people were doing on the old console. And and I think that that goes two directions. I think partially is one that they see that, yeah, we want that, and so that they're going to try their best to implement what people want. But also at the same time, I I, kind of deep down think that partially they're thinking, well, if we do this, maybe they won't have to hack it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be a little bit of that, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, I'm going to be one of those people, even if all the features I need are in the system, I'm still going to modify it because I love doing that stuff. But I'm sure there were also a lot of people that were like, oh, well, I don't need to mod my original Xbox. I don't need to use my modded original Xbox anymore. I have the 360 that has all this other stuff on there. Like, I use the media center capabilities on 360. I thought it was great. Yeah. Yep. No, it it was. It definitely was a useful feature. But yeah, like you said, too, we're, we're for the thrill of the mod. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for watching, everyone, and uh, listening and everything. This uh, podcast will also be available on iTunes, Podbean, and if you're watching this on YouTube, all the links down below will be in the description. That also includes a Facebook page, which we uh, post some stuff on there as well, too, occasionally. I actually just want to say, if you, if you want to follow like us on social media and all that, that would actually benefit a bit because when I put up a ModChat Plus, I actually put it up a day early on my social media network things. Yeah, I saw that you posted that on Twitter and then yeah. I was like, oh, let me go find it on my on my stream or whatever on like my <laughs> feed. And I was like, what the fuck? It's not here. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So that was kind of one of those things. If you had seen it on social, because I wasn't hiding it or anything, but if you saw it on no. social media, like it was there. So, I mean, if you're a big fan of it, we might be dropping them early. <laughs> Yeah, that's badass. I like yep. it. <laughs> Exclusive stuff. Anyways, oh, uh, Dope Swinner, you have uh, you have anything you want to plug? Uh, I'll just say Dope Swinner, as always. Thank you guys so much for watching. And uh, it's crazy that it's been 15 months. And Mr. Mario, as always, I say this, I feel like, every month. But thank you for staying on top of it all, man. Hey, really. No problem, no problem. It's it's fun. It, it brings me it joy is. in this life. <laughs> yeah, man. In this dark world we live in, <laughs> get a glimpse of happiness. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just like Bro. the troll living under the stairs, except I don't have stairs, so I need to build stairs in my apartment and then live under them. Like Harry Harry Potter, dude, not living under the stairway. Dude, I had a hair. Not not I didn't live in there, but there was a Harry Potter room in my old house. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, I guess this will uh, be the final sign off. Signing off for real this time. Later, everyone. Peace.